What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Oz Hoopers TV. Another big week with the Aussies in the NBA. A few big performances around the world. Um, and Dyson Daniels has kicked off his first NBA G League uh, game. We've also got a huge signing in the NBL, a very low-key signing. That could mean a lot uh, to a team's success. And then, obviously, we'll wrap it up uh, with our questions of the week that me and Hesh ask each other every week. If you haven't already, please go check out our episode with Kyle Adnam and Jared Weeks. Uh, we just dropped them. We've got a couple of good episodes coming as well, so you guys keep an eye out. Um, college basketball's returning. This week, we've got a very special guest, our first very special guest on our weekly drop. Uh, big name in the NBL, obviously one of the voices of the NBL. He played in the NBL. I think he's a writer of the NBL, uh, Liam Santa Maria. Uh, he'll be joining us. Uh, basically, me and Hesh had an idea that we can get kind of these guys that are not just players in um, the basketball Australia community, but are also involved. Um, however it may be, whether they're creatives, um, you know, voices of the NBL, um, or even just they don't have anything to do with Basketball Australia, but they're just really big fans of basketball. We just thought we could bring them on the weekly drop and just purely talk hoops, a little bit of their story, um, and get their idea on a couple of things. Um, Hesh, how you been? Been well, man. Um, been checking out the NBA still. Obviously, it's taking over my day as usual. Uh, sure. See some Aussies put on, man. They're playing really well, and seems like they're getting some love and putting Australia on. So always happy with that. Liam, how you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Um, welcome to the show. Obviously, our first ever weekly drop guest. Um, I thought uh, I think we'll give you a little bit of an insight. We thought that we usually get players and stuff on, but we thought. You know, we may as well get these other guys that are hugely involved in the NBL and Australian basketball and kind of get them on to, you know, share a little bit about their story and talk, just straight up talk hoops um, about what's happened in the Australian basketball community in the last week. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, cool, man. No worries. Thanks for, uh, thanks for have, having me on. No worries. Um, so firstly, um, we'll get into a bit of your stuff. Obviously, since I've been watching the NBL, you've been one of the biggest voices um, and the faces of the NBL. Um, talk to us a little bit about how the NBL has developed these past couple of years. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's come on in leaps and bounds. Um, you know, really the marker for me is, is the, is when, when Larry Kesselman took over, uh, 2015, 2016, I think that was the real turning point. Um, and, you know, things haven't really looked back from there. He kind of, um, brought a whole new sort of approach to, to running the league, um, obviously, as a kind of private owner, it has enabled him to kind of move and shake quickly, um, if necessary, and do things a, a little bit differently. Um, and as a result, I mean, the league has has done things over the last five years that we never would have thought possible. You know, to 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 consider, you know, that, that for a number of years there, we're playing preseason games against NBA teams, coming close to victory on a couple of occasions. I mean, that's just not something we would have thought possible for a long period of time. We had that one game where the Wildcats played the Rockets in 1995, and it was sort of the only one of those instances we uh, we'd ever experienced. And then, you know, to think that it's the league has developed. Um, itself into a breeding ground for NBA prospects um, and NBA talent. Um, that had happened sporadically over the course of the league's history, but nowhere near to the, to the extent that, that Larry and Jeremy Lowliger have been able to, to get happening in recent times. And, 
And I think just, the, you know, the, the level of talent that those high Oz uh, local guys that had been playing in Europe uh, are so often now playing in the NBL. And um, you, you talk about uh, broadcast deals. The fact that the league this year has been able to sell its broadcast rights yeah. for millions and millions of dollars um that's just a massive feather in the cap of the league so i'm really excited i think covid was a was a took you know, was a was a hit you know the league was uh setting um new records in terms of attendances there the season prior um and was just had so much momentum so covid like for so many businesses around the world was a hit but I'm proud of the way the league and the players, everybody involved has kind of navigated through that. There's going to be more of that happening this season, but all in all, I'm just, I'm just super excited for what the league's been able to do in the last three or four years and, and, and where the arrow's pointing. 100%. I think, I think all fans are in agreement with that. Everyone involved in the game probably agrees with with your sentiment there. By the way, Liam, my name's Hesh. I'm a co-host of the podcast as well. I'm not sure how much you've tuned in, but Reese often forgets to introduce me. <laughs> cool, Hesh. Good to meet you, man. Liam, now, listen, I just wanted to also get a bit of background on yourself too. Uh, how did you get into to media and journalism, man? How, how did that kind of come about? I, I understand you were a player as well, weren't you, like a, in the NBL? Had a cup of coffee with the league. Uh, very briefly, one of those guys in and out. I was um, yeah, last man on the roster for the Victoria Titans back in 2001-02. And then um, a series of unfortunate events kind of uh, pushed me out of the league and then kept me out. Uh, the Titans um, uh, folding, um, you know, all the, all the key players, coaching staff, heading left and right and all of a sudden I found myself without a job and then you know snapped my Achilles tendon not too long after that so um, played it on a little bit in the at a state league level for a while and eventually hung the boots up and and I did what a lot of um, you know a lot of ballers try to establish an opportunity to do and that's transition into a different career so I became a teacher finished my teaching degree I went into teaching um, and absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I just uh, uh, you know, really enjoyed that sort of uh, 10 years that I, that I put into that game. Um, but at around, what time was it? 2013, um, my best mate, Tommy Greer, and I were, um, were sort of, we, we, were wanted, we decided to start up a, uh, a website we started up a website called downtown, downtownball.net. Um, we'd been podcasting, strangely enough, for our NBA fantasy league, just for the guys in the league, the kind of an audience of kind of eight or nine guys for a year or so. And, it, and they were kind of convincing us to say, hey, we, you, you actually should do this for the people. You should quit doing this for fantasy and do this um, for real life. So we said, all right, cool. As we start up the website, we're going to expand the podcast, take that out um, to the to the people on a larger scale, and things kind of have just stepped in, you know, forwards from there for me. So writing for the website, um, doing the podcast. All of a sudden, I was calling games on on SDN. Um, all of a sudden, from there, I was asked to call games for the NBL Blitz and. 
um, progress towards, you know, my commentary role on the broadcast now. And from a writing perspective, um, from, from writing um, uh, as, as often as I could for downtown, um, I was asked to kind of start writing for the league and kind of haven't looked back from there. So that's how I progressed um, into the, into the media game after stepping away from, from hoops for, for a decade there to teach some kids. That's a crazy story. <laughs> Podcasting to your eight fantasy mates has gotten you to where you are now. That's, that's pretty <laughs> wild. Um, we'll, get in, we'll get into our news of the week for people that are listening. Um, we saw a big, obviously, Liam, I, I hope you're keeping up with some, some of the NBA stuff. Um, Jock Landau saw his first official um, chance with the Spurs. Uh, he had five minutes at the end of the Spurs Pacers game. Uh, he had 10 points, a rebound and an assist, including uh, two, two slight little posters and a three-point shot. Um, uh, our video on YouTube got a few comments and a few d- different uh, views on Coach Pop's coaching style. They think SA need, to, SA need to get Jock Landau in the lineup. I think the Spurs fans are really embracing Jock. Um, are we going to see Jock Landau in the lineup? Um, and what are our thoughts on Jock Landau so far in the season? Obviously, we can only judge him on those five minutes, but... Yeah, is, were you expecting Jock Landau to play this much um, or were you expecting to have a bit of a bigger role in the Spurs? I thought he'd play a little bit more, to be honest, at this point. He's going to play. Don't worry about that. He's going to get in the rotation as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. I thought with Jakob Pertl going down, I thought, okay, here we go. I mean, it's gonna that's an opportunity. Drew Eubanks is going to get a bunch of minutes, but, but that's going to lift Jock up into the game night rotation and it's been a bit disappointing that that hasn't happened, but at the same time, yeah, I get it. Pop, Pop's, you know, a guy like Eubanks, for example, has he's been there with the organization for a number of years. I watched him a couple of years at Summer League after they drafted him, and they've put a lot of work into his development over a period of time. So they want to see what they have in him, whether he's going to be a part of their future. I get that. And then you know, for Jock, it's really just, just he's just got to have that stay ready mentality. As the season progresses, a team that's not going to be featuring in postseason action. And, um, you know, when, when we sort of get around that, we turn the corner into January, February, the all-star break and the like, he's going to get his opportunities. And just like he did the other day in that game that you mentioned, uh, I'm confident he's going to take advantage. I mean, he looked... You could see on his face, he, he was a man on a mission when he came yes. out there for that for that few minutes, wasn't he? He was he was approaching it like it was a it was a big time game with big time consequences. And for a, when you're in that situation, that's exactly how you've got to do it. So he was just looking to pile on the points. He was doing all the things we've those who have watched him over a period of time know is just his game. It's going to take a few people by surprise, his ability to get out there and stretch the floor if they haven't been watching him closely. But um, that was a big tick. And I'm sure the Spurs coaching staff, Pop in particular, would feel exactly the same. And now it's a matter of just, okay, go back, sit tight, keep getting your reps and staying fit and stay ready because your number will be called again and again throughout the season at different spots. And if you continue to take advantage, the only way is up. For sure. I, li- yeah. I like what you said with the, with the, um, he's going to get more minutes with all-star break once Spurs start to tally up a bit more losses. Um, but yeah, we, we know what Jock can do. Obviously we saw it with his boomers campaign. We saw it with United. Um, he did have a little bit of a problem with a concussion, I think in the preseason. So that set mm-hmm. him back a little bit, but yeah, hopefully we'll see a bit, a little bit more Jock 
um, down the track. A few more games that happened this week. Joe Ingles had 19 points, four rebounds, three assists against Atlanta. They blew Atlanta out by 18 without Donovan Mitchell. Um, Joe has had a pretty consistent start to the season so far. Hopefully it continues. Josh Giddy, uh, another big game. He had 15 points, five boards, seven assists, two steals, and two blocks against the LA Clippers. Um, Clippers uh, did win the game. Unfortunately, it was close, um, but Giddy's been amazing. Uh, Liam, let's, let's hear let's hear your thoughts about Giddy so far. Is it? No. You expect him to kill it? Um, and yeah, what are your thoughts on him? And he's been amazing so far, hasn't he? I mean, he. I, I, I was confident in his ability to transition his game to the NBA level, but just not. I just wasn't expecting him to look and seem as comfortable as he does this quickly, you know, and we think back kind of to the start of last NBA season when the Hornets started, they brought LaMelo off the bench, you know, and they kind of were like, you know, it's not quite your team just yet. Let's work your way into it, get you acclimatized to the NBA level. And he came out, it was up and down, but he impressed enough for them to get to a point where they said, all right, cool, you're the starter. We're going to play off of you. And then he went on to have that incredible rookie of the year campaign. I thought it would be somewhat similar for Josh, that they wouldn't kind of give him the ball as the starting PG right from the start of the season. And I certainly just didn't think from just a, from a comfort perspective, he would look so unflappable mm-hmm. um, against the length and the athleticism and the strength. Um, he just looks as comfortable as he did as a, junior playing for Victoria coming through the ranks um, at that, you know, especially at that under 20 level when he just completely um, tore it up as, as comfortable as he did last season for Adelaide. And um, I also, and I was saying this to someone the other day, I've been really impressed by what have been clear improvements in his skill set that he's put on display in this early going. Um, the floater is a yep. beautiful thing right now. Um, me, me and Hesh were talking about the floater the other day. That's It's crazy how much he's improved. He wasn't taking that many floaters in the NBL. I don't remember too many. But now it's no. dramatic. And it's, it's something that just, it, it, it unlocks. Well, there are two elements. The, the other thing is his three-point shooting, which we watched the progression of, of course, last season. But he looks even more confident and comfortable stepping up, taking those shots, knocking them down. And as a result, as we know, that keeps the defense honest. It opens up his ability to get in the lane and make plays. But once he's there, when, he's, when he looks in front of him and he sees a guy like Joel Embiid or Rudy Gobert or these types of guys at the rim, um, that floater is just such a weapon to use. Matthew Delvadova would be able to kind of echo those sentiments. He, he was able to kind of, uh, you know, use that as his skill set as he as he made his way into the league as well. So awesome to see that the hard work that he's put in in preparation for the season is coming to fruition and helping him get off to such a terrific start. percent. I think, I think it naturally flows on to ask about the next young gun who's also been pretty impressive in his in his G League campaign so far with his, his debut, end of a 22, 6 and 3 and very efficient from the field. 
I mean, Ignite lost the game. Um, watch Mr. Dyson Daniels and what's your take on him and and what do you think? Try not to be too biased about the NBL. I mean, you would have probably preferred him to stay here. <laughs> I, I would have. I would have. And, man, he was close. He was – I mean, it – by what I'm told is that it was a real 11th-hour decision for him yeah. to flip it and, and go to the G League Ignite. I mean, there were people in amongst NBL HQ who felt like it was pretty much done, that he was going to be an NBL next star. So that, that was a bit of a change-up. I actually didn't get to watch the full game the other day when, when he made his pro debut. I was able to just see the highlights. Did either of you guys actually watch the whole game? What were your impressions? Um, I didn't tune in for much. I did watch the full highlights of his individual game. But, yeah, he, he, looks, he looks like a professional. I've been saying this for a while. I think Dyson's a certified bucket. Um, he just looks like, uh, you know, he looks NBA ready. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, he's got... I've said this to Hesh and I've said this in past episodes. It is a weird comparison, but he, I think he does look, he does play very similar to Josh Giddy. I mean, um, facilitating, uh, scoring. I think he does have a better three-point shot than Josh Giddy, and he is much more stiff and more muscular. Yes. Um, obviously, Josh Giddy's, Josh Giddy's facilitating is way better. Um, but I think their, their gameplay isn't, not, isn't too much um, different. I think they play very similar to each other. But yeah, I think Dyson's a very good player. Obviously, I think I, I knew he was going to kill it whether he came here. Obviously, I wanted him to come here, or he went to the G League. Um, but yeah, as we see, twenty-two, six, and three. I mean, nine for fifteen from the field, three for five for deep. Um, we're going to see that all season from him. Um, I'm not surprised about that. I do think he's an NBA lottery pick. Um, mm. We'll see how he's. We'll see how his career turns out. I'm very, I'm very um, high on Dyson Daniels. Yeah, I, I, I haven't watched a whole heap of him over the over the journey as of yet. I mean, um, I saw um, a, a couple of games of the, uh, was it the Under-19 World Cup um, yeah. last uh, earlier this year? Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, obviously saw him when he, when he put on the green and gold at the senior level and played against the Kiwis um, uh, earlier this year as well. And so I'm looking forward to seeing more of him this season. I mean, sure. uh, there's certainly the, the, those like you guys and, you know, people that I talk to, Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz, these kind of guys are just really, really high on, on him and, and are excited about his prospects, just like you were saying there, ahead of, ahead of next year's draft. But I'm looking forward to sort of seeing more games from him at this pro level for, for Ignite to, um, to get a better sense of him myself. For sure. Um, for, our, for our Nick K super fans out there, I know there's a lot of them. Uh, he's had huge back-to-back games in Japan. Obviously, Nick K, I think the offer was on the table for him to come back to the NBL, but he took the route to go into uh, the Japanese league over there. Um, I think he had to make the decision a little bit earlier um, than usual to, to sign in Japan. Uh, we spoke to him uh, a couple of weeks ago, he logged 83 minutes across these past two games over the weekend. On Saturday, he had 18, 9, and 3. And then on Sunday, he had 28 and 9. So Nick Kay's doing his thing. Um, obviously, he's a, he's a huge um, Australian prospect, obviously a Boomers player. Um, we're very high on Nick Kay. Obviously, every team needs Nick Kay, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, huge news for Nick Kay. Um, hopefully, we'll see him continue to do it. And hopefully we see him put on the green and gold in 2024. Not for sure. Um, I miss Nick Kay. 
Me too. I want, <laughs> I, want the, I want that well and truly on the record. Um, uh, no, no, no hate for him. Uh, Japan, the, the money in Japan right now is really good. And the opportunity for bigs, especially, um, to, to go over there and make some real bank um, is great. And it's really hard to turn down. So a guy like Nick Kay, you look at a guy like Angus Brandt as well. Um, go ahead, make that money. And, you know, you can't kind of question that in any way, shape or form. But I would love to see both of those guys back in the NBL. I mean, Nick Kay all NBL first team kind of guy is a guy that can, you know, leads teams to championships. Um, and I thought it was a long shot for the Jack jumpers, but there was a part of me that dreamed the dream for them because man, that would have just been such an incredible signing. I mean, would have. My, my man, Tommy, when, when they were put, starting to put together the Phoenix, we were having conversations about, okay, well, what, what does your foundation piece need to be for an expansion team? And there's just so many boxes that you would love to tick. And for them, look, it's been a bit rocky with Mitch Creek over the past 12 months. But at that time, he was well and truly the perfect guy to start a franchise with because we know he was at that. He had the talent level of an, an all-league type of guy, but he was a culture setter on and off the floor and on the day-to-day in terms of the work ethic and the professionalism and, and how you you go about it and, and put in the team first. The Nick K would have been absolutely perfect in those sense, those senses for an expansion team like the Jack Jumpers. So it was a shame that that they weren't able to get it done and that he's gone to Japan for this season. But hopefully he's there for a good time, not a long time, and he can come back and tear it up in the NBL. Good way to put it. I like it. I think, I think my yeah, my um relation with Nick goes back a little bit when I was when I was kind of training with the Hawks and I saw exactly the same thing every day. He's just an ultimate professional and I have nothing but respect and and hopefully he he um yeah he does what's what he needs to do for his career, but I'd love to see him back in the NBL as well. Speaking of which, another guy in the NBL, which we just found out about, Cam Besto. Some NBA experience and, you know, had a hell of a career for himself. Kind of signed with the Adelaide 36ers, who I thought were missing a piece like Cam Besto. What are your thoughts on that, Liam? It's a really interesting signing. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. There are a couple of teams that were looking at him in, in recent times as a, you know, potential guy to kind of close out their roster. Um, and I was saying to Jeff Van Gronigan the other day, I, I think it's a cool signing because it's um, – I like the idea of keeping the set, the, the, the third import up the sleeve. Um, they've got Dusty Hannes, they've got Todd Withers, but they've got a bunch of elite local pieces as well. You know, Mitch McCarron, Sunday Ditch, DJ, uh, Daniel Johnson, Isaac Humphreys. So keep it up your sleeve. You know, if Humphreys goes down with a season-ending injury or Mitch McCarron and you need to bring in a five or a one at an import uh, uh, as an import, cool, you've got the ability to do that mid-season. So they've, I, I, I liked it in that regard. And I also like it because there's definite risk, right? We know the risk with Cambesto. It could turn out like it did for Illawarra last season where they thought they were going to get one thing and they got something completely different just because of his inability to stay on the floor. When he was out there, he was, he was a really important piece. He's a productive player. He's a guy that, you know, you give, you can give you 12 and six on a regular basis and 
that's really valuable at the NBL level. Um, but if he can't be on the floor, it's not helping you at all. So there's risk in that regard. But the potential reward, if if he can have a healthy season and you have a guy that can produce for you at the level that he'll provide and um, he's at a point in his career where he understands where he's at, he's got a willingness to kind of accept the role and a, and um, you know fill a, a position off the bench, I think it's, it's a, a, a cool signing in that regard. And my understanding is also that the contract is kind of set out that's protective for, for Adelaide um, if things go kind of pear-shaped. Um, so there's some options and there's some, some elements in the contract that's going to protect them there. But he was saying, look, we think it's a contract that's good for us. It's good for him. And he's got an opportunity to, to get healthy and get back out on the floor and get his career back on track. For sure. Um, Adelaide's a bit up in the air for me. I think they're my X factor team. I mean, I look at the team and I'm like, these guys are stacked. You know, CJ Bruton's coming in as head coach, who I think highly of. Um, they've got a very deep roster. Um, obviously, their third import, I think they are deciding whether to sign them now or sign them mid-season, which is a bit of a risk. I kind of want to ask you about that. What are your thoughts on teams signing all three imports now? Or do you think it's smarter if you have the right pieces like Adelaide to sign two and then wait mid-season to sign the third based on what your team needs? Yeah, I think, like you say, it comes down to what you've what you've currently got. So, you're a small market team like Cairns or Illawarra, um, and it's hard to recruit those high level uh, local products. Um, I think you need to go out and get three guys, just like Cairns have got. They got Machado, they've got Tajim McCall, and again, they're hoping that Stephen Zimmerman could come in and get a job done at the five. Well, they can't mess around because mm-hmm. in terms of you know, they've got some nice pieces there to sit alongside them in the in the starting group there with Kortnoy and Majuk Deng. But they don't have all MBL-level local talents. So, bang, you've just got to go three imports. The jack jumpers, absolutely go out and use all three of those spots. But if you're the Phoenix, like I said before, or, um, you know, who are looking to try to find that their second import, they're going to keep the third one up their sleeve. If you're Adelaide in their situation, um, Melbourne United, heck, they're only going with one to open, open the season. I dig it. You don't, you know, don't do it unless you feel like you have to. And if you feel like you've got a lot of those other pieces, uh, you know, positions filled with, with guys that can get the job done, um, I say roll like that at the start of the season because things change. And I think, you know, you think about Adelaide last season, well, wouldn't they love to have been able to bring in an import five when Isaac Humphreys went down? Maybe that could have saved their season and um, kept them right there in the playoff race. So the ability to do that mid-season when, when you're throwing a couple of curveballs, I think is very, very handy. I agree. I like the answer. Um, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much, Liam, for joining us. We appreciate it so much. Um, obviously our first guest on this weekly drop. Um, hopefully everyone got a little bit of insight on what your thoughts are on a few topics that happened this week. Um, and we appreciate it. I'm sure we'll see you on our TVs, uh, when the blitz starts. So yeah, we appreciate you jumping on and, um, yeah, good luck with this season, obviously. And hopefully you stay busy. Cheers guys. Thanks for having me. Good to chat and, uh, keep up the great work for sure. I'm sure we'll have you on another time. (laughs) All right. Cheers. Too easy. Okay. All right. We'll get into our questions of the week. Um, 
I've got a good one for you, Hash, and uh, and I want you to take some time to think about it. I'll send you some links right now. College okay. basketball is back on the 10th of November. I think it's the 11th in Australia. Um, who are you most excited to see play? I want you to give me three names of who you think is going to pop this college season and who are you most interested to see how they go. I'll, okay. send you the, I'll send you the links of all the names and I want you to go through and give me three. All right. I had a look at your post the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw a few there that were um, that I was, I was going to be interested in for sure, without a doubt. All right, man. Two good question. College college basketball gets kind of swept under the rug, partly because I think we got so much Australian talent over there, so it's hard to keep a track of, man. And schedules are messed up, and there's so many conferences, and it's hard to follow. So it's like it's not the easiest easiest thing to get in get in with but it's a great question and I think we got a lot of talent coming up so I'm excited for that all together I'm excited I'm going to split the question into into two different areas I've got a few guys that I'm working with and I'm very very curious I'm doing a lot of their film breakdown I'm doing a lot of their stuff for them so that that's the personal kind of interest on that side and those three guys are Hunter Madden William Johnson and Hayden Blankley Three of my guys that have been working with me for a couple of years. Hayden Blankley is a D2 player playing at West Texas A&M. He's going into his junior year, going to have a big season there. Will Johnson's obviously going into his, his sophomore year at Juco, and he's getting some D1 love at the moment, so he'll be at a D1 next year without a doubt. And Hunter Matter transferred out of a D1 Idaho State to go to Juco this year to get his numbers up and, and get back into that D1 level. So those three guys are all kind of absolute bucket getters, and I'm convinced that they're going to have a, a bright future in the sport. So I'm really excited for them. So I'm going to leave them out of it, out of the big list and, and the list that you, you sent me with all the Australian talent. And I'm going to give you three right here. Number one is going to be Josh Duat. Okay. I think he intrigues me a little bit. He's someone that's, I think he's, he's pretty solid. I've seen bits and pieces of him at nationals and highlights and things. So I think he's got potential to be really good. I think he's gone to a, a good school with a very good coach. And the way he, Josh was talking to us on the podcast, I think he, he might be playing a little bit. He looks like he's he might do that. Um, so I think that's going to be a really interesting one. I want to see kind of how he, how he transitions to that type of game and, and what his upside is. And I want to see if he plays the freshman at a high-level D1 there. So that's going to be really interesting. So that's my first one. Mm-hmm. My second one is a guy that's going into his junior year and he's from New South Wales, someone that I've worked with very, very briefly a couple of years ago when I got the chance to. His name is Isaiah Lee. Yep, tough. With UC Irvine, unbelievably skilled, poised, played for the for the Emus a couple of times, maybe, maybe once. Uh, lefty, smooth stroke, really, really solid. Just know what you're going to get with him, man. I'm impressed with his game. Like, he's a, he's a pro. Like, he's someone that can just take care of business. He's not going to give you 35. He's not going to give you highlights, but he's just going to be super, super disciplined and very high IQ and a really coachable guy and a really good dude too. So I'm excited for Isaiah Lee and his journey this year. So that's going to be my my second one. And my third one, it's been interesting. There's a lot of guys here, man. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are going into, into college basketball. But I'm going to have to go with Taron Armstrong, man. You know, he... Killed the NBL one, and he, yeah, he, he he absolutely destroyed it. So I was hoping that he might get some NBL 
love. Yeah, I'm sure he would have. I'm sure he could have gone DP plus one or DP plus two or something based on how he was playing. But decided to go join his brother, Trey Armstrong, at, at CBU. So uh, I think that's going to be an interesting one. We all know what I think of Taron and, and how high he is. Just before we, I cut it, I do want to shout out to like a few guys just because I know that uh, I'm big on seeing how they're going to go. Number one, obviously, Blake Jones. I like Blake Jones, and I think he's, he's going to be pretty special as well. He's going to transition, get a bit stronger, get a bit bigger. I think he's going to get pro ready when he, when he goes to college. He'll be good. Rain Smith as well. I want to obviously a big name in Tasmanian basketball, absolute killer. I want to see how, how he goes. Another guy in junior, Madut. Mm-hmm. He's at Hawaii. He's at Boali last year at Hawaii. And, and, you know, he had a good season as as a as a sophomore and I think he's going to have a bright future as well. And then there's obviously a couple of couple of guys that I've worked with a little bit, Dragon Elkaz. I know he's gone into his senior year. He's been riddled with injuries at UC Riverside. See how he goes. So, so there's a few around that I'm just I'm just really excited to see how they how they hold up and what ends up happening with them. Um, but but it's going to be an exciting time for sure. Um, I'll give I'll give a quick three shout outs to a couple of people. Um, first of all, freshman Elias Cato um, or Cato, I think it's Cato. Um, he's at Central Arkansas. Um, he's one of the most underrated players I have ever seen. Um, I think he's very tall. I think he's 6'6", 6'7". Uh, can shoot the hell out of it. Uh, throwing down on people. Crazy. Absolutely tearing up Queensland competition. I think he played Queensland South a few years back. Um, I haven't seen him play for a while, maybe one or two years, but he is crazy good. Uh, Elias Cato. So he'd be one of mine. Um, going to say Reid Nottage. Mm, um, CBU. Reid Nottage put up crazy numbers last year. I think he had a few 20 bombs, a few 15 bombs. Um, and he impressed me. Every time I'm looking at the stats, he's putting up big numbers. I was like, holy crap. And like watching his highlights, um, he's crazy good. Reid Nottage. And then the last one is... Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit interested to see how Sean Bearstow goes. Obviously, we talked about Cam earlier in the show. Um, he's at Utah State. Uh, he's crazy athletic as well. Um, I think he put up he, when he came on. He did it. He did a right for Utah State. Hopefully, he gets the minutes and puts on a little bit. So yeah, I, I'm keen to see how those three go. Um, obviously, there's the Rain Smith. There's the Blake Jones. I'm really high on Blake Jones. Um, there's the Will Tattersall, who played UC Riverside last year. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different guys out there. Um, Taron Armstrong, obviously, I think he's probably the guy. Him and Blake Jones are probably the biggest names. Uh, for the men's basketball. And obviously there is women's, um, you know, you've got Millie Pryor, um, you've got Kelsey Rees, you've got Olivia Pollard, who's going to tear it up at Washington. Hopefully, hopefully she gets some minutes. Um, yeah, there's a couple, a couple different names. Uh, Jazz Shelley just transferred to Nebraska. Um, Shout out to Jess Sankatado too. Mm-hmm. I know from, from Sydney, she's going into her senior year. Uh, Northwestern, she's a guard, absolute sniper, smooth game. So I think she'll have a big, big senior year too. So yeah, the, the girls' list is huge, man. I think it might be even bigger than the boys' list, to be honest. Yeah, probably, probably is bigger. Agnes Emma Nopu, obviously, she just won the national championship mm-hmm. at uh, Stanford. So hopefully, hopefully, she sees the court a little bit more, and maybe they go back to back. Um, all right, Hesh, let's hear your question. All right, so my question is: pick your most intriguing slash most interested in development player for this year in the NBL. Someone that you think is 
you can either say someone that you think is actually going to contribute this year and play or someone that you think is slept on a little bit and will definitely see in the NBA in the near future. But just but give me someone that you're, you're intrigued by. One. All right. So my most intriguing uh, next star, I'll give you two answers. Um, actually, I'll give you three answers. My most intriguing and interested to see play is the Brisbane DP. Bullets. DPs, not next stars. DPs is the yeah. Brisbane Bullets, seven foot five. Lou choosing. <laughs> that's the best yeah. I can do with his name. Um, that's my most interested to see. I'm, I'm keen to see the seven foot five player get on the court. I want to see what he can do. Um, is he going to stand there with his hands up and pin guys off the glass? Um, I kind of want to see how he goes. That's probably the most interested I am to see play. Mm-hmm. Um, the person I think that is an X factor, you know, could contribute to the team really well. Um, could eventually be a backup point guard, maybe starting. We'll see how the season goes with injuries and stuff like that. Will William Dave O'Hickey, uh, you know, great player. We saw what he did with um, Southeast Melbourne, a few preseason games. I think he tore it up against Lamelo. Um, he was an NBL, what do they call it, next gen. I tore it up in that. He's been killing it all, all around. He's with Melbourne United. Uh, they got Shea Illy as their backup point guard. They've obviously got the guards, Chris Gordy and Delhi. Uh, they've got Dan Prewster. They've obviously got the other uh, development players, Zach Triplett. Um, so they are a bit stacked at the guards, but I think um, if he gets a little bit of playing time, he might make an impact and play on that team. And then the DP to make the biggest impact, I think um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with Brisbane Bullets and I'm going to go Tane Samuel. You know, a guy from New Zealand, um, I think he could be a dog on the court, a big body. Um, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm very excited about these Brisbane Bullets uh, development players. I've obviously got Max McKinnon as well, who's a Queensland guy. Um, but yeah, those three are the development players I'm most excited to see. Obviously, there's David Aquera, there is Zach Triplett, and there's Kyle Zunick, uh, which could be a very big pickup. Obviously, he tore it up in the NBA one. Um, but those three, I think, are my most impactful uh, X factor and the one I'm most, int- most intrigued to see hit the court in NBL 2022. Good answer. Got one more for you though. You missed out. Jalen Galloway. Mm-hmm. I think he might play. Damn. I don't know. The King's roster is pretty deep, but it is sniper, you know, six, five sniper athletic. It's mm-hmm. gonna be- you rattled off a fair few right there. So, I'm just excited, man. I think I think the league's in a good spot if those type of caliber players are development players. So shout out to my guy Davo too. I know he's he's gonna kill it, man. It's only a matter of time before they give him what to put him in the league. So sure. Shout out to uh, my guy Boston Maslin. I know I was praising him a little bit when he didn't make the world's team. And after a disappointing worlds, you know, um, I had to I had to blame someone. So I, I blame the team selector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Boston Maslin's been seen playing in a in training with the Brisbane Bullets. I know there's a few training spots, but I mean, if he can secure, I think we've got one more DP player to give away. If he can secure that, um, that's huge for him. Um, hopefully he hits the court and shows what he can do. I think he's one of the the better upcoming players in Australia. Um, he's he's uh, over here in Queensland uh, under 21's rep, which is like your, your biggest league in under 21's. He's dropping 28 bombs, six threes a game. It's crazy stuff. So yeah, hopefully we see Boston Muslin in the Bulls, Bulls jersey. We'll see. Anyway, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for joining us again this week. We appreciate it so much. Um, make sure you go check out our episode with Jared Weeks. Um, 
we could have uh, a one of the guys we're praising a lot this for this upcoming season coming on uh, in the next week or so. Um, can't give away too much. You guys are just going to have to wait and see. Um, we had our first guest this week, Liam Santa Maria. Um, got his insight on a few things that happened this week as well. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Remember to follow on whatever listening platform you guys are listening on and follow us on Instagram at TV. and we'll catch you on the next episode.